Are you ready for our sports worldwide? I mean, Chief and Pirates, uh, with all due respect, these are the two teams that are supposed to be up there challenging for, for, for the league title every season. They are supposed to be uh, recruiting the best players in the country. I mean, uh, for me, it's, it's unfair to Kaiser Chiefs fans. It's unfair to Orlando Pirates fans. Looking at the quality of the players that they can be recruiting. But uh, something needs to be done and something needs to be done urgently. Can we have the Maromo Gallant chairman in studio? Yeah, because it's very, very embarrassing. You can't work for, for a boss then when you go to another country, your father gets hold, held on in hostage because your boss didn't manage to settle the bill. It's very, very unfair and it's disgusting. Changing and re-engineering sports on the continent and the world. In my hotel, they are eating, they are using my electricity, they are using my internet. Business is business. They don't want to anyone to play with me. They don't care about money at all. But without me, they will not ever come and play the match. Robert Marawa, live on 947. Boomer FM, Rise FM, and Sowetan Live. Hashtag MSW. Your ordinary Monday. It's Reaction Monday. Hashtag MSW. Well, hoping you survived the weekend. Whatever sporting code you're watching on the sporting front, this is your time, this is your moment where we gather together on 0607080484, and we get your reaction Monday reaction on the WhatsApp voice notes. Uh, let us know what it is that caught your eye, your attention, what worried you, uh, but we'll share some of those in a while. Also, congratulations eh, to Mamelodi Sundowns, uh, league champions over the weekend without kicking a ball. Extraordinary achievement. We were due to chat to Rulan Mkwena of Mamelodi Sundowns. Uh, he's unable to fulfill that. Nonetheless, we will congratulate them one way or the other. And I'm sure a lot of you Sundowns fans would have a word or two to say about that. But firstly, though, the Premier League is also slowly but surely coming to a close. And boy, I mean, what a season it's been. Extremely unpredictable, thrilling. I mean, this past weekend was no different. And the seat got a bit too hot, though, for some of the coaches. Now, two more of those coaches have lost their jobs over the past 48 hours, taking the season's top flight tally to 12 that have been sacked. I mean, sacked Chelsea manager Graham Potter is the new favorite to replace sacked Brandon Rogers at Leicester City. It just spins around. Your head kind of, you go dizzy. Now, Potter's sacking follows after a largely unimpressive rain. Uh, with the decision coming after the Blues were beaten 2-0 by Aston Villa on Saturday. I mean, it's crazy how things went sour for Potter, who enjoyed a promising start to life at Chelsea uh, by going nine games unbeaten after signing a five-year deal a couple of months back. So the former Brighton boss, I mean, he took charge of 31 games, uh, during which he won 12 of those games, drew eight and suffered 11 defeats, uh, leaving him with a win percentage of 39%. Now, City, on the other hand, also confirmed the departure of Rodgers on Sunday afternoon. The Northern Irishman leaving by mutual consent following a 2-1 loss at Crystal Palace 24 hours earlier. Now, that particular result left City in the Premier League relegation zone and extended their winless run to six games, while Chelsea's loss saw them slipping into the bottom half of the table. That's something I'm sure a lot of you Chelsea fans are not accustomed to. 
in recent time. Uh, so that makes us now head all the way through to London, where we are joined by sports writer and broadcaster at Haters uh, Teamwork. That is uh, Jerry Cox. Jerry, good evening. Welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good evening. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are two situations and scenarios, uh, Jerry, that one describes as pretty strange. The fact that Potter lasted as long as he did. Yeah, I think Chelsea fans for a long time were saying, get this man out of our club, he's out of his depth, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and I think, you know, as has been said before, if Roman, Abr- Roman Abramovich was still in charge, he probably would have gone a couple of months ago, you know. But um, the new owners, the Americans, were very keen to give him a long-term uh, project, you know, to give him time, let it, let it settle down, you know, because they made a lot of signings last summer and, then again in January, so he had a huge squad of new players and, you know, they need time to settle. But the results just weren't coming. And even though a month ago, the start of March, it looked like it was turning around a bit, three straight wins. Um, I think the last two games just looked like they were going backwards again and they just pulled the, pulled the plug on him at Chelsea, yeah. But what do we tie it down to? Yes, a coach that hasn't really been experienced at that level of coaching a football club, Jerry. Uh, but from a player perspective, you know, rumours of some of the players even referring to him as a Harry Potter. So a bit of discontent. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a cheap job, isn't it, Harry Potter? But I mean, it might have been a bit of fun at one time. But, you know, you know that when you've got a squad of such such big names, so many big names, big internationals who aren't playing regularly. Um, I think he's got a squad of 30 professionals, you know, and you, you can only put 11 on the pitch at one time. There, there are some huge names there who weren't getting games. You know, Hakim Ziyech, the Morocco star, uh, Pierre Aubameyang, um, big name players just not playing. So they're going to be unhappy. They Every player wants to play, you know, so they're not going to be happy on the sidelines. And, you can't keep them all happy, and I think that's that's part and parcel of it. And of course, if if the team's doing well, then everyone sort of keeps keeps thing uh, from the same song sheet. But once the results start going backwards and players get booed off as they were as they have been at Stamford Bridge recently, then uh, they all start turning on. And and you know what happens is one man usually gets the uh, gets the bullet, and it's the manager. But did you start to see any changes, though? You know, they usually say that a, a coach brings in a certain style and philosophy. Uh, he left a great project at Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, you know, they continued with their winning run, despite him not being there as a coach. W- would you say, though, Jerry, that uh, th- there is a certain footprint that he would have been able to leave behind, or none at all? Well, um, it's difficult to say whether he's left it behind, because we'll have to see, uh, you know, his assistant, Bruno Salter, has taken over... Um, for the for the short term at least, but it, it it remains to be seen how Chelsea will play going forward. One thing's for sure is the biggest biggest problem they've got is a lack of a, a goal scoring forward. You know, a, a regular twenty goal a season man. They haven't got that at the moment. Um, funnily enough, it was a sort of problem that he had at Brighton. They probably would have been a, a much more higher performing team if they had a. a but, you know, a team like Brighton, you don't expect them to be able to compete for the big names in, in world football. Chelsea, of course, you do expect them. They had, uh, you know, they they broke the world record or they broke the British record a couple of years ago to get Romelu Lukaku in. But it just didn't work out for him last year. 
Um, he's still a Chelsea player, but it's unlikely he'll be coming coming back to Stamford Bridge soon. Um, so that was the biggest problem was was not putting the ball in the net. You know, they he, he, they weren't playing that poorly. They were playing some quite bright attacking football, um, but they couldn't score, and that's you know that's that's the downfall. So it was it was the same problem he had at Brighton, and unless Chelsea can find uh, can magic up a, a fantastic goal scoring forward, whoever comes in next time is going to have the same problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're going in that direction about who comes in next. And before I quiz you about that, um, you know, the, the Chelsea fans themselves have been pretty divided on who should take charge at Stamford Bridge uh, following Graham Potter's departure uh, on Sunday. But also, I mean, some of them enjoyed some much-needed sunshine in London. I mean, fans gathered outside yeah. of the, at the team home ground uh, to comment on, on, on Potter and who should lead the club going forward. So you'll be fascinated by what they say before I get your direct comment on who should take over or who's been touted uh, to take over. Let's have a quick listen. Well, I think it needed to happen. Bad results, team not playing well. I mean, to be fair, I wasn't surprised. I mean, to be fair, with Grandpa, he did have plans for the future, brought in a lot of good players, but to be honest, the results were working out of him, and in my opinion, it was inevitable that unless he, unless he was starting to get more wins, then this would have happened. For me, I'd like to think either Nagelsmann or Zidane. I don't think Pochettino will come in due to like links with Spurs and stuff, and probably not Conte again. So I'll probably say Van Nagelsmann or Zidane, preferably Zidane. I heard that it's going to be Nagelsmith, but I don't know if that's the right fit. But it is what it is, and I've, that's what I've heard, that it's most likely going to be going to be him. Nagelsmann. Why? Because uh, he's available, and I think they've always wanted him. That's what the fans say, Jerry. What do you say? Well, I think that, that fits with what we're hearing. And in fact, we did have a, a man down there in the sunshine at Stamford Bridge this afternoon as well. Um, but also on our own social channels, Haters TV, we get a lot of feedback on the on the Chelsea uh, from Chelsea fans. And the two names that they were talking about um, in the immediate aftermath last night were bringing back Mourinho, Jose Mourinho, or Antonio Conte. Um, and I have to say, I think I find both of those really long shots. I don't think either will be coming back to Stamford Bridge. Um, Nagelsmann's obviously probably the most desirable manager in, 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 in the business who's out of work at the moment. You know, he's a, he was a proven winner in Germany, even though Bayern, I, I think, perhaps jumped the gun um, by sacking him so quickly. Um, then I think he's won. Obviously, Tottenham are interested in him as well, and there'll be Real Madrid coming up in the summer. So, you know, there's a lot going on, and potentially um, he, he is a man who could sort of rejuvenate them. He's young enough, he's got this dynamic force about him. Um, and, uh, you know, from what I hear, he's, he's interested in talking to them. But, of course, a big problem could be that he'll be coming into a team that's not in the Champions League next year. And that's a big, big problem for somebody like that who's used to coaching at that level. But the strange thing, though, I don't know if you've picked up on it, uh, besides those two clear names that you've mentioned, Jerry, I also picked up the fact that uh, they might approach an older man, in inverted commas, in terms of experience, uh, who's currently coaching at Napoli, Luciano Spalletti. Have you heard of that? Uh, well, I haven't seen his name as, as one of the, you know, in, in the front runners, certainly. Um, it would seem... They've gone down that route before, you know, they tried it with Maurizio Sarri and that just didn't work out and he, he'd done fantastically in Italy. Obviously it worked very well with Antonio Conte, but again, um, quite an explosive character, you know, 
He was only there two seasons, obviously won the league in his first and the FA Cup in his second, but his methods, you know, it turned the players against him quite quickly. Um, I'd, be, I'd be inclined to think that they've seen what, what happens with a, a German manager. They had two, these owners had Tuchel, but obviously the fans and the club had very quick success with Tuchel winning the Champions League, you know, within a few months of taking over. So you would have thought um, a German is perhaps more suited to a long-term picture and a young German like Nagelsmann um, to that long-term development. Because I think one of the things that, that we, we had a couple of briefings behind the scenes, off the record, and very much just a handful of sort of regular Chelsea reporters, Todd Burley and Bedade Bali had a couple of briefings where they said, listen, we are here for the long term. We believe in Graham Potter for the long term. We believe in developing the team for two, three, five years' time, which is why they signed so many players at average age of 20. They've got a long-term vision for Chelsea. So they don't... He's probably not going to be the quick-fix man who comes in, does a job, and then, like a Conte, and maybe goes in two years. I think they want a project manager, and they saw Graham Potter as that man, um, but the results just weren't coming, and, and they were reluctant to let him go, but they had to. So... I think they want a young manager who's on an upward trajectory. Um, Nagelsmann would fit, certainly. I think Pochettino would be a great fit for them because he's so good at, at blending, at getting young players going. Um, but, of course, the Tottenham connection would work against him there. And it may be, you know, don't forget Tottenham are looking for it. They may <laughs> want Pochettino. Yeah, so, you know, there's, so, there's a real merry-go-round. Yeah, I was just saying as you unhold that, you know, the head kind of goes on a bit of a spin, uh, given now the the vacancy that has opened up again, uh, Jerry, at Leicester City. And how do we see that one closing itself off? Uh, do they get an appointment before the end of the season? Do they leave it for next season? They need something because they, they need to start winning. Yeah, well, they, they're different to Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea are underperforming, but they're mid-table. Um, Leicester are in danger of relegation if they don't get to do something quickly. Now, Graham Potter is someone they were after a long time ago and would love to have, but does he want to go straight back in? Does he want to get back on the horse so quickly, you know? Um, I'd, be, I'd be inclined to think... I mean, he's a very bright man, Potter, and he's an ambitious man. I'd be inclined to think he'd be tempted, if Leicester came in with a solid offer now, he'd be tempted because it would allow him to, to get over the Chelsea experience quickly and to sort of start to rebuild his own reputation. I mean, if he can go there energize Leicester and, and keep them up and then start building a side next season. That's probably his rehabilitation as a manager. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Graham Potter pitches up at Leicester sooner rather than later. Um, Brendan Rodgers is obviously he's another name that's been mentioned with Chelsea. A, he was a coach there under, under Jose Mourinho back in the day. But I think, I think what Chelsea are looking for right now is, as I say, a big sort of project manager, a younger guy who's going to be there, they, they'd like to see someone who can oversee them rising to the top of English football and, and their ambition is to be right at the top of European football in, in the next few years. So um, maybe they're still looking for that younger guy who can, who can pick them up and push them right to the top. I've got 30 seconds left, uh, Jerry. Would a Rafa Benitez be an option? I don't think so. He was there back in the day. He was desperately unpopular at Chelsea. Um, and I think for Leicester, probably not the man to come in and, and firefight at the moment. It didn't work out for him at Everton. 
I think much as he, he had a great time at Liverpool, Rafa, and later at Newcastle, I think he's not a man that people are looking at to come in and for those two clubs in particular, doesn't fit. Mm. Jerry Cox, sports writer and broadcaster at Haters Teamwork. Thank you so much indeed for the insight. Look forward to chatting to you again soon. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much there to Jerry. Jerry Cox uh, joining us live from London uh, for his uh, take on the situation bubbling under at both Chelsea and Leicester City. Marawa Sports Worldwide Live. In three, two, one. On 947, Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live. Hashtag MSW. Good evening, Bob Marawa, and good evening to the shoulders of the show, Patrick here. Uh, Terov, Terov, uh, nonga bone ya bone, nonga ezo, weezo. No more yo vunguza ayo. Ogu moya, with the kindness, we have vunguza, and uzang hamanda. Yes, uh, we do understand Uguti. Guzova ne minyum dalet is a loser, but then the Arsenal, Azokshaisa, Papa. Arsenal, Arsenal is Okshaisa. And then the way Okaprel, Fisus, Abuyanga corner, Namanda Bena, where came in. So in the Gabanguti, a short, a short in Aranga. Back to Laikaya, South Africa, and then in Sanduk Bongela, Kocha Tazwane, which he, I win Umdalo, consecutive. Uh, good evening, Rob. This is Odisha CN Cape Town. Well, reaction Monday. Yeah, what a weekend it was. My melody sundowns are the champions again. We're sounding like a broken record. So it is Super Sport, Kaiser Chiefs, and Orlando Pirates are fighting for second position. Then uh, there was football galore in Europe. Uh, the big match of the weekend was Liverpool going uh, to Manchester City. The capitulation in the second half, losing by four goals to one. Arsenal on cruise to win uh, the league championship for the first time in so many years they dismantled Leeds Manchester United thought that they were going to repeat what they did in the League Cup when they played against the Magpies the Geodes and they lost by two goals to nil there's this guy known as Bruce Gumirez my goodness what a player he is well Roy Hodgson taking over uh, from Patrick Vieira winning by two goals uh, to one and we saw casualties this weekend Rob where Brandon Rogers lost his job uh, so uh, is Graham Potter I think it was a poison to Charlie's joining um, Chelsea. So uh, two uh, prominent managers being fired at their respective clubs. And AC Milan, who saw it coming, beating Napoli, top of the table clash. But I think for me, the weekend uh, was really spiced up by the Stormers winning that rugby match. And I'm loving the Stormers. And it was emotional to see uh, Stephen Kishoff, one of the long-standing members of Stormers and Western Province, crying, 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 Rob. And I think it's going to be his last season season in the colors of the uh, Stormers. Uh, so yeah, what a weekend it was, Rob, and hopefully uh, our listeners or viewers, they really enjoyed this weekend and uh, back to Europe. Thank you. Hi, Robert. A.B. Malloy from Naturena. Let me congratulate uh, Marumo Kalant and Mamilo de Sundowns for proceeding to the quarterfinals of the CAF Cups and congratulate Mamilo de Sundowns for their sixth uh, consecutive uh, DSTV uh, trophy. It means uh, a lot uh, for the new guys who have not been uh, winning uh, the league before they play for Mamilori Sundowns. Congratulations to them. Hope
hope they they enjoy their victory. Thanks. Not your ordinary Monday. It's Reaction Monday. Hashtag MSW. Say to the weekend, hello Monday. As you can hear, it's a typical Monday, which means it is Reaction Monday. All of your WhatsApp voice notes that are coming through, uh, do keep them coming on 0607080484, 0607080484, live at 947, you're on FM, so live as well as Rise FM. You can give us a call as well directly in studio with a chat about any of the events that happened over the weekend, uh, even Formula One, if you're attentively watching that race crash as good law. But, you know, an exciting race, something different. 011-8838-947 Smosiso is in Rosebank uh, calling us about Chelsea Smo, good evening Evening, Rob, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, thanks Welcome to the show uh, Thank you so much, Rob well, Rob, I think uh, it wasn't long ago when you, you when I spoke to you to say that you know, with Chelsea I was, uh, I was happy but reluctant because I was like, ah, disappointments are coming, and yeah, we can see with the performance of the last game, uh, that thing was just symbolic. But right decision taken in the end. Even no, even for hiring the coach, I don't know why they chose uh, Porter. Like, I honestly don't know because Porter took time to be fine with uh, uh, Brighton, and he was shining in a team like Brighton because. They gave him the time that he needed to develop the team. Brighton wasn't a top team as yet. It, they were still building towards something. Chelsea, because they wanted quick results, they should have gone for specialist coaches like you know, Zidane and everything. Like people, even the firing of uh, Tuchel that didn't make sense because it was just a short stint of bad results, of which it was something that was going to change. Yeah, I, I think the the Tuchel one took all of us by surprise uh, but I think he is where he's happiest right now we saw the result over the weekend when they played against Dortmund um, in, in, in the Atlasico there so the journey forward is going to be interesting because you could find that rotation revolving door system again coming through given uh, the vacancy that also sits there at Leicester City and you've spent so much money in the transfer window obviously they want results by force but then you can't force these results because you can tell with the men in which the players are playing. Like, there's no chilling. Like I said, they're professional players, but then sometimes you cancel because they can't have a string of passes that are constructive towards aiming at the goalpost. It does not make sense. Yes, I think in the end, predictable indeed. Thank you so much indeed for joining us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Uh, Sabu giving us a call in Rosebank, 011-883-8947. Uh, just a quick look at boxing news. Now, the former unified world heavyweight champion, Anthony Joshua, I mean, he says that he was not happy uh, that he failed to knock out the American challenger, Jermaine Franklin, in his comeback fight on Saturday with the 33-year-old having to settle for a unanimous points win at London's O2 Arena. Deep down, I'm not happy because ultimately the ultimate goal is a knockout. There's nothing that can top a knockout. Anything short of that isn't what 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 I'm happy with, if I'm honest with you. But it is what it is. As I said, I can't look back anymore. What's done is done and I can only build on that. That's the mindset. If a fight was there for the taking, believe me, if I see a wounded animal, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in for the kill. But someone like Jermaine, if there was 13 round or if this was a 15 round fight, 
he wouldn't have he wouldn't have survived. But it's a twelve round fight, and he he managed to see the final bell. Credit to him. But if I could have, I would have hundred percent. It just for me personally, I just didn't see it was there. It's a sport where you take people out. But I'll be honest with you, Mike Tyson went twelve rounds with people like Pinkland Thomas, and I think it was Tony Tucker. Yeah, he went twelve. What's wrong with me going 12 rounds? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Outside pressures put so much pressure on this thing of winning. What can I say? It's, a, it's an honor to win, of course. That's what we train for. But let's say a fighter loses. He has to just rebuild and come again. I'm going to stop putting that amount of pressure on myself and just work hard and do my best. That's all I can do in that ring. <clears throat> round by round, we're kind of talking to each other. You know, I'm pushing his head and shit like that. So um, there's a bit of like ego pride that happens in that ring and it just spills over until the final bell um and that's all it is really it's all respect it's all respect but at the same time it's a fight it's, it's different when you're in that square circle it's a different kind of energy that you may not or someone else may not understand 100 percent tyson fury i think that yeah that's the pot of gold that's the wbc heavyweight champion of the world bro that's like that's what it's about so yeah uh, definitely Tyson Fury. If the opportunity presented itself and coach and the team were like, yeah, it's a good opportunity, I'll, I'll take the opportunity and grab it with both hands, 100%. The bo boxing world needs it. You wake up every morning and it's tough sometimes and you're thinking, I don't want it, I can't be bothered with this. But there's something in you that's like, come on, like, we've got to fight, we've got to win, we've got to win. The minute that you start losing that desire, you've got to be real with yourself. So there is no ticking time bomb that I could actually tell you when it's going to de detonate, but there's a reality. And the reality I'm living is we're still chasing something and, we, and we, uh, I'm still chasing a dream. All right, talking about uh, chasing a dream, we just spoke a short while ago about Thomas Tuchel. I mean, he masterminded Bayern Munich's 4-2 win over his old club, Borussia Dortmund, on Saturday and also said that the Bundesliga is now a race to the end. In his first game as manager, Tuchel's new club dominated the arrivals in all areas of the game and not only took the lead in the Bundesliga, but also made a statement uh, that a record champions very likely to happen again and they're going to be celebrating, I'm sure, the 11th consecutive title in May. So Thomas Muller scored twice as Bayern capitalized on a major mistake by Borussia Dortmund's goalkeeper, uh, Gregor Gobel, uh, on his return from injury to move two points above Dortmund with eight games that are remaining. Of course, it's a perfect result for us. We don't like the two goals that we conceded from more or less one shot straight away a goal and we gave away a penalty. We had chances for far more goals. So in the end, it's a perfect result, uh, but a lot, a lot of things to, to improve. And uh, from here we go. No, no, no. It's not about Thomas Tuchel style and whatever. We need to, we need to, uh, we need to adapt to a, to a better rhythm. We need to understand us better, to control the match better. Uh, we want to have more ball possession. We want to have more control of the game than we had. We were always dangerous with fast attacks, always dangerous with counter attacks. That was the good thing. But uh, for the hard work we put in to, um, to win balls, we gave them away too easy. That made the game um, a tough one physically and it's not necessary so we have stuff to improve it means that we are on top of the table it means that uh, we are where we want to be and now it's a it's it's a race to the end uh, we have to deliver we have to deliver every week once or twice that's that's life at Bayern Munich but we have it in our own hands that's what we want great result uh, Nati joining us uh, in Newcastle wanting to talk about Arthur Zwanik good evening Good evening, Mr. Morel. Are you good? Nati, you want to chat about uh, Zwane? Are you happy with how he's handled things and Kaiser Chiefs so far? 45%. 45%? Yes. Tell me why. 
And I, and I would like to comment about this for the first second I'm not about. Number one, to me, it seems as if we don't have natural center backs. Oh, Mr. Zoli is not using the name. Quinica is not a natural center back, but he preferred him more than Unobo. Okay, Ungezana was not on form, but he showed faith in him. Okay, now you can see he's trying, he's coming back to his best. But to be honest, Mr. Marau, Ungezana's best is not better than Unobo's best. And another thing, we don't want uh, the leadership to interfere too much with the coaches. But do you still remember that uh, we once lost to Maputi Kanyeza because we had an issue with the uh, motion mm. Now, is it going to be the same case with Umobo and Umashian? Us as supporters, maybe one day you need to bring Ujosika, Mr. Marau. And Mr. Zwane, to be more specific on him. Our opposition, the teams that we are playing against, once are reduced to 10 men, he faced this money to organize his team tactically. You, you can see the men is struggling. That's why he's not bad. He's not that bad. That's why I'm saying I'm happy for the first percent because I can understand that he's building a team. But one, once you are building, don't also destroy what you can use in the future. Yeah, and, and and I hear you regarding that, but if you look at a result like this past weekend, and you would have heard you know, much earlier in the show when we played the clip uh, from Stevie Barker where he was very unhappy, in fact he was incensed um, about, number one, the outcome of the game obviously, but he was also saying that, you know, Kaiser Chiefs benefiting out of referee's mistakes, yet another red card uh, against, you know, the opposition that Chiefs get to play against. And you're saying that he failed then to capitalize on that one-man advantage that they had. That one, Mr. Marau, even if I was a referee, I was going to send off that goalkeeper because he denied an, an, an obvious goal scoring opportunity. He ended the ball outside of the area. And Keegan Dolly was on site. So, on that one, I would really crush Mr. Packard. But the thing that I have a problem with is others one failing to capitalize, to take advantage of, of the opposition when they are minus one man. And it's not the first time. This has happened on a numerous occasions. He's, the guy is failing to organize his team. And also, he's failing us with our good players. You, you know, he, to me, he showed favoritism. You remember, we once got pointed to Phantom. Mm-hmm. Ungezana gave away the penalty. Ungezana gave away the, the goal. But at the end of the game, he told the reporters on, on the sideline, the super sport guys, that if Ungezana was still on the field, the fourth goal was not going to be there. Not overlooking the fact that the guy gave away two silly goals. That is favoritism, Mr. Marao, and the guy has to be told. Not that we are criticizing him. We are happy because the chief the black coach as a South African coach, but we have to be fair. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one, I'm not saying he's failing, but he's showing favoritism. He likes Nezana too much. Okay. Uh, just going back on your point about trying to bring somebody from the management of the club, is that is something we've done on numerous occasions uh, that hasn't come back with a favorable answer. But we will continue to try uh, because I know that a lot of the Chief supporters would love to have other and others want to come through, a Pobimta or a Jessica come through, and will you certainly know what is attempt. Problem, Mr. Marav, yeah. You know what is the problem? They are better than us. They are supporters. They oh. don't respect us. 
You believe that? They they don't respect no, the supporters, I, eh? I, I, if they respect the guys, they will come to your show and then they will give us chance to ask them questions and give us direct answers. But because they are better than us, because they didn't submit CVs, they work for their father, that's all. All right. So thank you. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, spitting fire there is that you're saying that they don't respect uh, the supporters. Maybe you share a similar or same view. Um, I don't know. But uh, do send us your WhatsApp voice note. Do give us a call. 011-883-8947. It's a Monday today. It, the show belongs to you. You can react on any of the major sporting events that you would have watched over the weekend. Uh, Maybe you were there donning pink as well, watching the cricket. What is that experience like for you? Was that the first time out uh, that you were out there with the family? So whatever the issue is, do unpack it. A couple of stories as well that we will be delving into after the break. So don't go anywhere. It is a Monday. Reaction Monday. Marawa Sports Worldwide Live. In three, two, one. On 947, Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live. Hashtag MSW. Interesting how the Gunners fans have been extremely excited this season and it's no wonder you just got to look at the log table and that answers your question uh, their manager Mikel Arteta believing that uh, Leandro Trossard takes a lot of responsibility though in games in a glowing review of Arsenal's newest hero so the Belgian international's latest assist uh, came during the uh, 4-1 victory against Leeds at the Emirates Stadium on Saturday afternoon Arteta was also very pleased though uh, with Gabriel Jesus ending a six-month scoring drought after the international break, we had a lot of tricky situations to manage with a few players. And there's always a question mark how the team is going to react after that. I think they were exceptional. They were really at it. Everybody wanted to be involved. And, um, and we won the game in a convincing um, way, which is good and the only thing that, that we can control. Delighted for him. They were all our, they were all clapping him. Uh, he's been working so hard for the last four or five months with a lot of support, obviously, from the team and the staff. And uh, today he deserved the chance to start. And I think he, he grabbed the, the opportunity with a lot of conviction and, and scoring two very important goals. I have very wild dreams. <laughs> no, seriously. We knew about his quality and what he could bring to the um, to the team. We are really pleased with him. He can play right, left. He can play as an attacking midfielder, as a nine, false nine. He's really contributing to the team. He really takes a lot of responsibility in games to make things happen, and uh, and we love that. Yeah, another issues that we had with some international players, a player that we had here, but it happens. You know, it was part of the context of the game. We used it in the right way. Players are so willing to step up and and play in in any context, and and it's great. The way we conceded the goal, the reaction of the crowd is to cheer the team. That's very rare to see in any stadium and it's an exceptional response. So stay with us. We are so excited. We want to go for it and focus on the next game and put all the energy there. That's it. In the meantime, though, the Liverpool manager, Jürgen Klopp, has bemoaned the side's passive performance as they were thrashed a 4-1 by Manchester City and said that a side were fortunate not to concede more goals. Now, Liverpool took an early lead uh, through Mo Salah at the Etihad Stadium, uh, but Julian Alvarez's goal pegged them back at half-time and City were rampant after the break as the visitors simply just fell apart. Could have got a second yellow? Yes, probably. Um, I will not... Yeah, we will not get it now. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'm not sure we would have won today against 10 men, to be honest. But, but it is kind of, we can make it a bit more difficult for them if you stick 
to the things you did in your good moments and that was not there anymore. And that's why then the, the difference was so massive. Wow. Um, so nice to be part of the team and the crowd starts, oh, oh, which is past. So nice, but <laughs> it still happens from time to time. I think we had around about four performances. We were okay. The two, the two midfielders with Hendo and Fab worked a lot, tried to close gaps. Cody, especially in possession, and Ali, of course. So. And then that's obviously very difficult. If you want to get something from here, then you have to, to play 11 players. 14, 15 players have to be on top of their game. And that was not the case again. So um, after being 3-1 down, it didn't. It's anyway difficult to get come back here, but um, it's you can. But I think oh, we had a situation for the 3-2 maybe when Robo, sorry, broke through on the left side. Um, yeah, but then apart from that, City could pretty much do what they wanted because the spaces were too big, and so we are rather lucky that they only scored one more. That's it now. Right, we'll hear from Pep Guardiola in a second as lots of your WhatsApp voice notes keep streaming in. Good evening, Rob. Um, when I love our Kulma corner, Kulma, but finally, PSL, it was a good identifier. I would say, but there was a better thing on my claim because I better was selling the Latiana, Nesca Basaka, or Suga Funamatimo, sixteen, would it pay with the Taisa or Barney, the Petro Barney, Abangan, and now go on to any Taisa or Barney, in the Valtaza, or one day, no one does out three months. no, I just quickly wanted to say if Barker's sentiments, I share the same sentiments, you know, from where he is coming from in terms of the officiating in general. And I'm not, I don't want to even, you know, put a finger to it to say, no, the officiating with Chiefs. No, 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 no. I'm not going to look at it that way. I'm just going to look at it holistically. The PSL need to look into the officiating because really these coaches are working hard. No, Marawa, no. Good evening, uh, Mr. Marawa Ukuluma Mr. Marawa, my reaction Monday will be uh, based on Amazulu. I was watching them over the weekend against Swallows at Moses Mapida. And in the past few weeks, Mr. Marawa, I raised my concern about the pure performance of the team. And to get uh, the situation right, Mr. Marawa, I think our chairman, Mr. Zongo, need to make uh, drastical changes. He need to act quickly. The team is not far from a uh, relegation zone. Only three games can change everything on that look. We can find ourselves down there right at the bottom. My plea to Mr. Zongo is that the team is not doing well. Something is wrong there. It might be the players. It might be the coach. We don't know. It might be him with the decisions that he is taking as the chairman of Amazulu. Kutingagabas nunga makwapa Mr. Marawa. It's bad. Uh, Bob Marau just had uh, Unati criticizing Zwane. The honest truth is, Uzwane might be the one selecting the team, but let's be honest, the management is involved. If you can look, the performance here to pray, or should I say to praise, being a kulisi, Bob Marau. So if coach was taking decisions on his own, maybe the following game, I'm five to praise. The praise missed a lot of chances, but he, he was never on the bench. So the coach is being told, do this, to pray, to pray must be there. 
Yeah, says that the management uh, certainly must be involved, hey, one way or the other. Difficult to say, and that is why, we, you know, we repeat again. Uh, the platform is here, it's available, and we have extended our invitation uh, to them. And he might have a point, you know, when you when you look at even the, the last game, you know, the sad game that we were chatting about, the Stellenbosch match, where Chiefs enjoyed 60% of the ball possession. They had, what, 22 uh, goal attempts, five shots that were on goal compared to the three uh, that Stellenbosch had. So really played a dominant game in terms of being the home or the host team. Uh, but then do you blame the coach for that? Uh, well, as you know, that's the national championship. I spoke last week to to Wesley Button, who represents the citizen sports reporting side of things. Wes joins me again today uh, for a wrap. How do you describe the past couple of days in terms of participation? Wes, good evening. Evening, Robert. I must forgive, or I must ask for forgiveness if my voice is a bit scratchy today. <laughs> I hope it's from the excitement uh, from watching and screaming at whoever it was that was running. Yeah, but maybe that's it. I think you're right. Uh, it was pretty good. There were there were some really good performances. Maybe not the depth that we would like, but some top draw performances. Um, the sprinters did really well. Akani Sambine ran like a superstar. Uh, nice to see Wade van Niekerk back to his best. Um, and then, uh, you know, Prudence Sekhodiso, who's a rising star. She's still only 21. Um, she defended her 800 and 1500 meter titles. So, yeah, I mean, there, there weren't a great deal of things to shout about, but definitely a few. Would, would you say record times uh, came tumbling or were they just pretty average times, but just great performances? Yeah, so I, I think it was... Great times, no records. Um, we actually thought that a record had been broken. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, Leandre Hill threw what we thought was a record in the women's hammer throw, and then we discovered that Athletic South Africa hadn't informed statisticians that Petty San Marquete broke the women's hammer throw record in the States last year. So it wasn't a record, even though we reported on it as such. Um, so there were no records at these championships, but some great performances. And it's important to note that the South African championships in terms of international athletics falls really early in the season. So it's a problem that our athletes have always had. They kind of have to peak here then they have to rest a little bit, then they've got to go overseas and try and peak again. So um, even though this is the pinnacle of the South African season, it's still very early in the international campaign. So we don't want our athletes performing at their best yet. We want them to do it later in the year, but lots of promise. Yeah, encouraging as, as well. I know you mentioned um, Wade van Niekerke bouncing back, but also when you when you zoom in and you focus on that final, the, the senior men's 400 meters, and he ran a time of 44-17, uh, it was indeed. How, how far close is he now to being, you know, the Wayne that we know and the Wayne that can produce consistently and even be on the border of breaking a record? I think he's back. I really do. Last year... He ran some pretty good times, but not quite the weight that we know. And I think for the first time since 2017, we saw him um, over the weekend running at the kind of level that we're used to seeing him at. He looks really strong. He looks stronger than I've ever seen. Again, it's really easy. early in the season. It's unusual for somebody to run 44-1 in the 400 at this time of the year. Shape. And I think... 
at this stage, he's probably going to turn out as, as the favorite at the World Championships later this year. We'll have to see how he does in the international campaign, but he knows what he's doing and he knows how to peak. And based on the form that he showed this, these last few days, he's definitely back to his best. 800 meters. Uh, just tell me, Wes, about uh, Prudence Sekhodisa. Yeah, so um, again, too early in the season to expect great times from the athletes. Prudence ran at 203 to win the 800. She also won the 1500 meters in 417, but she's not a 1500 meter runner. She tends to double at the at the South African Championships, but when she gets overseas, she'll focus on the 800. And last year, she had a breakthrough. She had a great breakthrough. She ran a 158, which is top draw. She's the second fastest South African woman in history behind Casta Semenya, and she's only 21 years old. And one of the problems that we've had with South African athletes over the years is that they'll shine at junior level, and then something happens to them, and they tend to disappear. Not very many of them make it, but Prudence showed last year that she's definitely got the potential to make it at senior level and look really comfortable over the weekend. One one of the issues was that um, there was a a thunderstorm on, on Friday and unfortunately they had to postpone a lot of events so Prudence had to run the 800 and the 1500 on the same day so you can't expect her to be running too fast wait for Nikirk also he had to run the semis and the final on the same day so it's asking a lot so based on that and based on how early it is in the season they're, they're looking really good yeah, just to talk about looking good as well in the uh, final, the men's senior 200 meters uh, with uh, Amon van der Valt as well producing a, a 20.50. Just describe the kind of athlete that he is and what are the expectations and projections? So he's a real talent. It's it's so hard to tell so early in an athlete's career, you know, where they're going to go. He won the national junior title last week. Um, he's still really young. Unfortunately, uh, Lux Adams had to pull out, so he didn't compete. Clarence Mounier got injured before the championships. Akani Sambina is focusing on the 100. So in, in, in that sense, it was, I don't want to say a weak event, but weaker than we would have expected. A lot of the top athletes weren't there. But still, Amon van der Valt is talented. He's really quick. He's tall. He's got a long stride. He's a great sprinter. He's good at the 100 as well, but I think his future is in the 200. And based on the fact that even though there were a few guys not there, he beat every senior athlete in the country, and he's still a teenager. So, yeah, he's a real talent and also a great prospect. All right, just as a wrap, Wesley, from what you saw, the potential, just from an attendance perspective, uh, is athletics still suffering as far as people coming through? Bums on seats. No, I think I think look, things are looking so much better. It always depends on athlete performances, right? So people aren't going to come and watch unless there's something to watch. And it was really quiet on Thursday, but that's not a surprise. It was the first day, lots of heats and semifinals. People aren't too keen on that sort of thing. And then, unfortunately, on the Friday, there was the thunderstorm. A lot of finals were cancelled, or, or not cancelled, but they were postponed to the Saturday. And then, because Wade van Niekerk was running, the Saturday, the crowd was packed. The stadium was full. And we haven't seen that in a long time in South African athletics. And that's what you need. You need Wade van Niekerk, or you need somebody who's a top-draw athlete to be able to draw the people. People will come and watch, but they have to have someone to watch. So thankfully, Wade was back at his best, and I think people saw that in his first-round heat, so the stadium was packed, and it was really, really good to see.
Yeah, brilliant reporting as always, uh, Wesley. And, and we definitely thank you so much here. Hashtag MSW on 947 for giving us the latest, but also just to spreading the word of athletics, giving us hope and a lot of new names that you've been able to throw in for some of us to go out there and latch out and have in the back of our heads as well. Uh, brilliant on your side, Wes. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thanks so much. That's a citizen sports reporter there, Wesley Button, joining us right here on Marrow Sports Worldwide. Yeah, I suppose on a day when you look back in history on the 3rd of April 2021, a nine-man Kaiser Chiefs beat Wydad 1-0 in Casablanca in the CAF Champions League semi-final. Nokovic Agbe receiving their marching orders at the end of each half. So that's how things ended as far as that was concerned, uh, bringing us to the end of Marawa Sports Worldwide for yet another evening right here on MSW on nine four seven. Have a great one. Catch up with you again tomorrow. Marawa Sports Worldwide Live. In three, two, one. On 947, Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live. Hashtag MSW.